Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. In 2019, a woman in Newport broke her leg after slipping on a trail bridge. That led to a lawsuit that slowly made its way through the courts. In July, the Oregon Court of Appeals released a ruling in the case that sent shockwaves throughout the state. Cities and counties say that it increased their legal liability, forcing them to close walking trails and bike paths. Lawmakers have jumped into action in response. They say that Senate Bill 1576 would fill in some newly created gaps in state law and make it so the public still has access to public spaces. David Gomberg is a Democratic state representative from Lincoln County and parts of Lane and Benton counties. He joins us now. Welcome back to the show. Well, very pleased to be back with you and all of your listeners, and thanks for your interest in this important subject. The issue at the heart of this is a phrase that I hadn't heard of, I don't think, and probably many of our listeners haven't as well, recreational immunity. What is this? Well, Oregonians love their open spaces. They love the outdoors. And in order to protect access to our beaches, to our hiking trails, to our biking paths, um, Oregon adopted a statute that says that if you should be injured using one of these open spaces, you can't sue the property owner um, if you've had an accident. And that's intended to make sure that we keep these spaces open and available to Oregonians. And that's called recreational immunity. Is the basic idea that a city or county, they just don't have the, the, the money to make these places so safe, or maybe in some cases it's physically impossible to make them 100% safe, but they don't have the ability to, to, to make them so safe that no one will ever get injured, and they don't have the money to defend themselves and, and to pay millions of dollars in lawsuits if people do get injured? Is, 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 it, is it that simple that that's where this immunity comes from? Well, of course, we want our trails, our beach accesses, our biking paths to be safe. We all want that. But if somebody should be injured, um, there is huge liability in question. And that requires our counties, our cities, and private landowners to start making decisions about whether they're going to make these spaces available. Imagine how many beach access points there are along 300 miles of oceanfront here in Oregon. And can we monitor and protect and safeguard all of them? Well, when this court case came down saying, and maybe we should talk a little bit about the case because the decision was that a woman was going out to walk her dog and was heading toward the beach and had this unfortunate accident on a bridge on her way to the beach. And the courts have now suggested that maybe she wasn't recreating on her way to the beach, that maybe recreation began when she arrived at the beach. Uh, that's what really threw the shockwaves through our entire uh, uh, outdoor community, because now the suggestion is that every one of these situations needs to be adjudicated, needs to go to trial to find out whether a person was actually recreating when they had their accident. That's a big deal. And the the key point here is is that so and I should just just take one step back. A trial court first did find um, that this woman who who had the broken leg she could not bring suit because of the recreational immunity that that covered the situation. And then it was the appeals court in July that disagreed, saying no, no, this this can go forward. And the Oregon Supreme Court 
did not choose to take this up. So the, the ruling from the appeals court stands. How did insurance carriers, the, the biggest ones in the state that, that, that offer insurance to a lot of cities and counties, how did they interpret this ruling? Well, they wrote to cities and counties and said, we encourage you to start closing your trails. And a lot of them did. Uh, according to the Oregon Coast Visitors Association, more than 20 trails have been closed to the public since this ruling came out. And the insurance carrier is saying that you're open to liability, but even when that liability is not assured, we've still got the court costs to deal with. So rather than simply dismissing a case outright, it's going to have to go to the trial to find out whether there was any recreation involved. I want to read a statement from the Oregon Trial Lawyers Association. We asked if they wanted to come on the show. They declined to, to make someone available for the interview, but they did give us this statement. Recreational immunity further reduces the financial incentive for cities, counties, and the state to keep our families and communities safe. They will now have no responsibility to maintain safe trails, bike lanes, and parks. This ultimately benefits insurance companies who don't want to pay claims. For example, children harmed by poorly maintained playground equipment or bike riders injured on hazardous pathways will now have no way to be compensated for their medical bills or injuries due to shoddy maintenance or neglect. This bill is just another example of government shirking its duty to its citizens. Oregonians deserve better. I'd like to give you a chance to respond to some of these specific points here. I mean, for example, that um, that there will be no way for people to hold, say, a, a city accountable um, if a child is harmed by poorly maintained playground equipment. Well, you know, it's interesting that my friends, the trial lawyers, submitted this statement to you when earlier today we had a hearing on this piece of legislation and they did not appear uh, but but that being said, uh, I think that cities do have a responsibility. The question here is whether they have legal liability. And that's that's a different question. Cities have a responsibility to maintain playground equipment and bridges and hiking paths and trails. But uh, legal liability, that creates a scenario where they have to start choosing which facilities to better maintain to that higher level of, of, of safety. And they're going to start closing down the ones that they can't maintain to that higher standard. How do you enforce or, or get any a city or county to live up to its responsibility without the threat of a lawsuit, without the legal liability? I mean, is it just a kind of honor system? Well, I, I would uh, honor is a good thing, but you know, at the end of the day, we have these other things called elections. <laughs> And we hold our city and county leadership accountable at elections for the decisions they make. I think that's the standard we're looking at in this case, is that we expect uh, cities and counties to do their jobs, um, but we're not holding them to that higher standard where they can be sued um, and, and put our trails and, uh, and, and, and beach accesses off limits if they don't. The trial lawyers have also said that that cities are overreacting, that yes, uh, insurance companies gave them, you know, th this advice, but they said the appeals court simply sent this back to the trial court and a jury could very well find for the city. What do you say to that, that this is, you know, putting the, the cart before the horse? Let's see how this case works out. And it may be that nothing really effectively has changed. 
Well, there's that potential, but the message here is that each one of these different cases needs to go to court to decide whether it can move forward rather than being dismissed outright before the expense of, uh, of that trial. And my understanding is that since the case in Newport, there have been several different cases filed on similar uh, um, sets of facts that are moving their way through the courts now. I want to go back to what you are saying earlier about elections as the ultimate version of, of accountability in our system. Let's say that um, that someone didn't slip on a footbridge, but at, at some point in the future, th- there's a bridge on a trail collapses and someone falls down and gets injured falling into the stream. Would you, you're saying that that person shouldn't have a right to, to sue the, the county that maintained that bridge but they should just – their recourse is vote out members of the county commission in two years? Well, let's start with this, Dave. Uh, I'm a legislator, but I'm not an attorney. Um, but that being said, my understanding is that there's a difference between ordinary negligence and gross negligence. And that should a bridge be maintained in such shoddy condition that it collapses, there's a whole different legal standard that applies. And that uh, recreational immunity is uh, what – is the standard we're using for ordinary negligence, not gross negligence. Now, again, that's my understanding, and I say that from a layman's point of view. Um, Just finally, my understanding is that this bill in this short session, that there are only a few weeks left in it, that you and others have seen it as a kind of stopgap. I mean, if I understand it correctly, it's it is adding words like hiking and and walking to to be or biking to be included <laughs> as recreation to be under the definition specifically of recreation. What might you push for in a future session? I mean, what, what do you see as the principles of a fuller solution? Well, you're absolutely correct. This measure that's working its way through the legislature. Um, the uh, Bill 1576 is a stopgap measure. I mean, it basically reinstates recreational immunity through July of 2025. Why July of 2025? Because that's when the next long legislative session ends. And what it's doing is it's giving us time to really dive a little deeper and address the important questions that you've raised today about how we protect public safety as well as public access to uh, to these really very important open spaces. Um, we're gonna take the time to dive deeper, to to come back with the answers and, uh, and pass legislation in 2025 for a longer term fix. David Gomberg, thanks very much. Pleasure. David Gomberg is a Democratic state representative from Lincoln County and parts of Lane and Benton counties. Tomorrow on the show, it's now been a little more than two years since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Tens of thousands of Ukrainians have been killed. Roughly six million people have fled the country. We'll talk to a Ukrainian-American therapist who has made multiple trips to deliver medical supplies and provide counseling to soldiers on the front line. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. 
If you tune in to Think Out Loud because you love learning about what's happening in our region, you'll love listening to The Evergreen. This weekly podcast paints an audio portrait of the Pacific Northwest through the stories of the people who live here. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.